All right. Can uh, anybody name the artist that did that originally? Ah, it's silent. Katy Perry. So powerful songs called Rise. And uh, if you don't know, her uh, dad's a, a pastor. And I believe a lot of her music's pretty laced with uh, Christian, Christian symbolism and, and lyrics in it. Some of it isn't, but uh, some of it is. So it says, I, I won't just survive. Oh, you'll see me thrive. You know, I won't just conform no matter how I'm shaken to my core. Why? Because my roots, they run deep, she says. Oh, ye of little faith, don't doubt it, don't doubt it. Victory's in my veins. I will transform. And I'm thinking, you could preach that. So. We're starting a new series, Different. And uh, as Christ followers, we are called by God. We were created by God to be different, to be different, to have different values, different standards, different focus, different priorities. You know, we're called by God to see things different. We're called not to conform to this world, but to be transformed, to be changed. We are called to live differently. You know, Jesus said it this way. He says, if you belong to the world, the world would love you as it loves its own people. But I've chosen you to be what? Different from those in the world. But you don't belong to the world, and that is why the world hates you. You know, the next few weeks, we're, we're going to look at the book of First Peter. And uh, this book is uh, kind of echoes the theme that, that Jesus said of being different, uh, being different from the world. And in fact, I would encourage you this week, if, if you will, to read the book of First Peter, uh, it's five very short chapters, so if you read one chapter a day, you, it'll kind of bring you, bring you on board in a little bit deeper way. You know, First Peter, uh, as you can probably guess, was written by the Apostle Peter. <laughs> you know, Peter was a uh, fisherman, and that was his trade before he started following Jesus and through the years, I, I've heard a lot of teachers, when they're teaching and talking about Peter, they, they suggest that he was a fisherman, and that he was a fisherman because he was uneducated, which kind of, I go, ugh, I don't like that. See, I would argue that Peter, although he didn't have a formal education probably, that he was very intelligent. Peter was a businessman. He had a fishing business. He was a tremendous leader. We, we know that. And in fact, in this book, Peter will deal with some very, very uh, uh, incredibly weighty theological topics. And the two big themes, and this is what we're going to kind of focus on, that kind of emerge from this book is he emphasizes the hope we have in Jesus Christ. And then over and over again, he says, we are called to be different. And he presses that. See, we're in the world, but we're not of this world. Now, Peter, when he wrote this, this book, it was about 60, 65 AD. This is during the, the reign of Nero. Uh, Nero, if you know history, he was Roman emperor. 
And he was evil and, and corrupt. He uh, killed his mother. He killed a couple wives. Uh, this, this guy was so twisted that when he wanted to rebuild Rome, he wanted to redesign it, kind of put his thumbprint on it, so to speak. The Senate said no. And it is believed that when they said that, he just set fire to the city. And the fact is, he was going to get his way one way or another. We know that Rome burned for nine days after that. And people started blaming him. And so he changed the narrative here. And he started blaming another group of people, people that were already hated in society. This group of people were known as the Christ ones, Christians. Christians were already persecuted during this time. And after that declaration, the the persecution escalated. It became more brutal after that. Nero, uh, he he had Christians... uh, covered with animal skin and then he would put them in an arena full of hungry dogs lions and they said that he would sit and sip wine with his friends as he watched them being mauled to death and then he did it as a form of entertainment that's how messed up he was he had christians dipped in hot wax and then he strung them from poles and set fire to them so that they could have light in the streets of Rome. This is the context in which Peter writes this book of 1 Peter. Peter is writing to Christ followers both then and now. He's writing to Christ followers who will face trials in their life. They'll face persecution. They're going to face difficulties. He's writing to Christ followers who in the future will face difficulties. And today what I want to focus on is kind of setting the book up and then we're going to talk about being different in the midst of adversity in our lives, in the midst of persecution. You know, Peter, uh, he starts the, the book, he says, Peter, an emissary of Jesus, the anointed one, to God's chosen people living as aliens scattered among the unbelievers in Pontus, Galatia, Copadisa, Asia, and Bithynia. That Greek word alien, I want you to get that one in your head. You know, it's strange to even hear the word alien, but in the Greek, it's, it's that idea of an exile, a foreigner. Um, some of you, if you're following in your translation, might say sojourner, uh, stranger. I believe alien is the most accurate translation. Peter is reminding Christ followers that we are not of this world. This is not our home. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're just passing through. You're visiting this planet. We are alien, so to speak. You know, what's that mean? Well, it means we're citizens of heaven. We're passing through this world that's very temporal. You know, we're, we're waiting to, to travel to our eternal home in heaven. And I would suggest just that gives you a very different perspective on life. 
It should uh, uh, change how, how we, we see ourselves. We should have different values, different morals, different belief system than those around us. How different? Well, I think our marriages should be different. I think as parents that how we raise our children should be different. We should treat people different than the world treats people. You know, we should invest our time differently. We should use our talents differently. We should handle our money differently. We should pursue a very different agenda in life. You know, Peter reminds Christ's followers that in the midst of trials, midst of persecution, he says, remember, you're an alien to this world. You know, you're to be different. This is not our home. And so when you go through something, when you go through something incredibly difficult, you should have a different faith, different outlook on things. You know, Peter, he goes on, he says, in this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have to suffer various trials so that the genuineness of of your faith, being more precious than gold, though perishable, is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed or return is another way you could translate that. See, God may not, hear this, God may not take away the trials, but we go through them differently. You face the trials. I mean, he's suggesting with joy, joy, you know, to step into them with joy. Why? Because the trials have a purpose he's going to teach us. He's, the trials will show us the genuineness of, of, of our faith. They, they'll purify us. They'll set us apart from the world ultimately. And I want you to note here, if there's genuine faith, you have to have the opposite of that there's a faith that's not genuine, false, fake. And so my question to you, what kind of faith do you have? What kind of faith do you have? You know, for the, for the most part, especially in our country, the, the, it, it, it's pretty easy to, to be a Christian. You know, the Western world especially, that, that's the case. But culture is shifting. We're, we're in a new era. You know, being a, a Christian is becoming more and more complicated. You know, the Christian faith is less popular today. It's not politically correct. It's not culturally correct. It's not socially correct sometimes. And so don't be surprised if you face trials and persecution and struggles, the genuineness of your faith is being tested. And the question is, will you conform or transform? Will you survive or will you thrive in your life? Will will you collapse and demise and give up or will you rise? See, those are the choices we have. What type of faith you have will determine the answer to those questions. You know, when a a person's faith is not genuine, I'll be honest with you, it's pretty easy to spot. 
You know, some uh, have, a, have a faith, what I would call uh, inherited faith. You go, well, what's, what's that mean? Well, it's a faith that's got a really weak foundation. You know, it goes something like this. person says, well, you know, my uh, grandparents were uh, Baptists. My, my mom and dad, we, we went to the Methodist church sometimes. So I go to church a few times a year. You know, I'm not, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not a Muslim. My, my family, they were all Christians. So I, I guess I'm a Christian. And it's got this really weak link. You know, it's, it, it lacks commitment. It lacks a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's inherited. It's kind of, eh, I'm in because everybody else in my family was in. You know, there's another type, uh, and this is one I worry for some of you, and that is what I would call shallow faith. You know, Jesus talked about this kind of faith. Uh, you can read the story, Matthew 13, it's the story of the sower. And said that a farmer went out and he sowed seed. Some of the seed fell on the rocky ground, and it sprouted right away. But then the heat of the sun came, and it scorched the little plants, and they ended up dying. Why? Because the roots weren't deep. See, don't be surprised, O ye of little faith. When, when the roots of your faith, when they're shallow, it becomes very evident in, in how you live. You know, because what happens is when the fire hits your feet, when you're shaken to the core, the genuineness of your faith, it becomes very clear. It's easy to spot because there's no spiritual power in your life. There's no victory. Why? Because there's no roots that go deep enough to get you through. I have seen it over and over and over. You know, Christ followers in the midst of the, the struggle, in the midst of a trial or whatever, First, it's, oh, I doubt, I doubt, I doubt, which is okay, except then it leads to checking out, bailing out. Listen to me. This is critical. Some of you live your Christian life, and it's kind of a, oh, I'm, I'm in. I'm in for a while. Life's got tough. I'm in. And then you're out, you know, hot and cold, in and out, in and out, back and forth. And I would challenge you to get in and stay in and allow your roots to go down deep to, for that to happen before the trials come, before the chaos, before the heat comes, before things get, get complicated. Because the fact is, if you're out, Satan wants to use that to take you out. I, I am terribly disturbed these days. Because Christianity seems to be getting reduced to, hey, I'll listen to an iPod once in a while. You know, I'll listen to a message once in a while, and that, that'll be good. I'll be, I'll be good if I just, just listen to that. Friends, the church is more than that. It's way more than that. It's more than, than listening to an iPod or a message or watching something on, on TV. 
You know, we, when we face trials, when we face persecution, when, when we're dealing with, with some addiction in our life, when our families are struggling, you know, when, when you're hurting and doubting, you need the strength of God, and you need the strength of God's people by you. You know, the church is the body of Jesus Christ. It's, we gather together as a body, as we did this morning, to worship And we also gather to be able to support one another, build up one another, encourage one another, you know, so that we could carry the message of Jesus Christ, the good news to a lost and broken world. In other words, no shallow faith. Can't have it. And the other kind of faith that that bothers me is what I call conditional faith. I believe in God. I, I love God as long as things go my way. I hear it too often. You know, I'll see someone, and they go, well, this happened and that happened and felt like God wasn't really there for me, and so I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing now. And it's conditional faith, and it's not a genuine faith. And if that's where you are today, I believe God wants to challenge you to move to a different space, to find that genuine faith in your life. See, trials, difficulties, persecution reveals the depth of your faith. You know, and some of you, I know, you're being tested right now. And God will use that trial to reveal the genuineness of your faith along the way. I've heard it many times, you know, a faith that's been tested is a faith that can be trusted. Peter, Peter understood this. Peter understood this from his own experience. See, he'd been tested many times. In fact, we know Peter had even failed one time when the heat got really hot, you know, right before Jesus was crucified. You know, he he ended up, remember, he, he denied Jesus, not just once, Three times he said, yeah, I don't know that guy. Don't know him. Uh Uh-uh. But then Peter regrouped. Peter was strengthened from that moment. He recommitted. And if you know the story, he transformed. You know, if you uh, uh, track back in Peter's life, uh, go back about three decades before he wrote this book. He... Jesus is having a conversation with Peter. Again, this is right before Jesus was going to be betrayed and, and uh, arrested and crucified. And he says, Simon, Simon, he's talking to Peter. That was Peter's name. Satan has asked to test all of you. He's talking about all the disciples as a farmer sifts wheat. You know, In other words, Satan wants to test you to see what you're made out of. See what kind of faith you have. Christ followers, do not be surprised. Our spiritual enemy is always scheming, trying to lure you away from God. Satan wants to sift you like wheat. You know, he says, Jesus says, I have prayed that you will not lose your faith. See, it's about faith. How genuine is it? Your, your, your faith will be revealed And you won't always get it right. 
you'll fail sometimes. In fact, Jesus knew that that Peter was going to fail. And that's why he adds this. He says, help your brothers be stronger when you come back to me, when you get it right the next time. God would use that trial to transform Peter. Peter. Peter would rise out of the ashes, so to speak. Peter goes from denying Jesus in that crucial moment to later he, he would preach at Pentecost. The first church would be established because of Peter. You know, the trial in your life will reveal the strength of your faith. James, uh, the brother of Jesus, he uh, says this, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face a trial of of any kind, in other words, um, this isn't going to be a mistake here. Consider it nothing but joy. It's not a mistake. You know, it's not an accident. Don't be surprised because, you know, the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature, complete, lacking in nothing. You know, God is going to use the trial. God's going to use the pain in your life. God's going to use the hurt. God will use it. Oh, ye of little faith, don't doubt it. I mean, don't doubt this. God will use whatever it is in your life. God's working. God is for you. God is with you. God loves you. And he's in the midst of it. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever the struggle is. You know, Peter writes, he says, although you haven't seen Jesus you still love him. Although you don't yet see him, you do believe in him and celebrate with the joy that is glorious and beyond words. You're receiving the salvation of your soul as a result of your faith. Here we go again. Now, remember who Peter's writing to. Peter is writing to Christ followers who have seen friends and family mauled by lions. He have seen them set on fire out in the streets of Rome. And yet in the midst of the pain and the suffering and the trials, he writes those words, glorious, joy that is glorious and beyond words. That's different. You know, joy that, that settles the soul. Joy that in the, the chaos... It calms the mind. You know, joy that uh, that allows you, when you've been shaken to your core, to transform in your life and to actually rise. You know, joy that, that keeps you trusting. And the result is salvation. The result, it's your faith. It's genuine. It's real. See, God never said that you wouldn't face trials. God never said that that you wouldn't be tested in your life, that you wouldn't be persecuted along the way. God never said you wouldn't have physical problems or financial difficulties or vocational headaches. In fact, Jesus said just the opposite of that. Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles. Count on it. Take it to the bank. But take heart. I've overcome the world. 
which means you've overcome the world. See, the good news, the good news, catch this, it is not that God saves us from the trials. That's not the good news. The the good news is that God saves our soul, that he forgives us. The good news is that in the midst of the trials, God's with us and present and working. Every once in a while, somebody will say, well, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. Have you heard that before? Yeah, that's a misrepresentation of Scripture. That's not true. God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. But sometimes you will be overwhelmed. There are times, it's not an accident, there are times in your life when you cannot make it on your own. The only way through is total dependency on Jesus Christ and God, period. It's not a mistake. It's not an accident. It's by design. Your faith, it's not what you see around you. Your faith is in the one that you look to in the midst of the struggles. Your faith is what will see you through. You will face trials and problems and struggles, and you will have fear. Why? Because you're human, and I'm human. But unlike the world, we face them differently. Why? Because we belong to Jesus Christ. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We, we can live with joy that, that is beyond words. It doesn't make sense to anybody looking from the outside. Why? Because we have victory in our veins. We belong to God. I know that. I absolutely know that. Oh, ye of little faith, do not doubt it. Don't doubt it in your life. You need to know that God is with you. When you're shaken to your core, when you think that that final nail has been driven in, you better think again. Do not be surprised when the trial comes. Don't be surprised about the hurt and the persecution. But don't be surprised because God's going to use that stuff and he will strengthen you, make you strong. See, we're different. We're not to conform to the world. We conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, see, when you draw close to God, when you move in the direction of Jesus Christ, when you begin that process of conforming to him, guess what happens? You transform. And you have the ability to rise, not because you have the ability, because the one in you has the ability to raise you up out of that. Friends, I I challenge you this week. Um, Crazy times, right? Challenging times. But here's what I challenge you with. Do you sound like the world? 
Do you behave like the world? Or are you different because of who you belong to? Because you belong to Jesus Christ. See, do you see defeat? Or do you see victory in your life? Do you believe God's in the midst of the chaos, strangeness, the hurt, the suffering? Do you believe God's with you in that? I challenge you to look at how you see things and start seeing them a little bit different. Start seeing them as a son, a daughter that belongs to Jesus Christ, one that ultimately we inherit heaven. We're God's best. We've got God's power to see us through whatever, whatever this is. So let's uh, stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you today. God, I pray that uh, every person here would realize they have victory in their veins, that it's flowing. Your power is at work. That doesn't mean we won't hurt. doesn't mean we aren't going to face problems. But it means you're with us in it, that we can look at things differently. I mean, this world, it's uh, fleeting. God, help us to keep our focus on you. God, help us to live differently this week. We give you the glory. We give you the praise with everything we say, everything we do. It's in your precious son's name we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. God's people said, Let's, let's uh, continue worshiping together.